This is Lance Turner, pastor at Grow Church. We'd like to thank you for joining our podcast. We pray the message today stirs your faith and it causes you to grow. Enjoy the message. Hey, can you guys do me a favor and give these these guys on our worship team a good hand? Man, you know, uh, it just does my heart good to see these guys. They came, you know what they did this morning? They came in early and they they ran through their, their music again. But you know what they did when they were done with that? They, they circled this room in prayer. They just spent some time praying over this room and, and really praying for you. Are you glad for, for a worship team that's that focused on, you know, leading you in worship? So I'm just so thankful for them, thankful that you're here. If you're here for the first time, I hope you felt right at home. I hope you felt loved. I hope you felt, most of all, I hope you felt the presence of God because that's what we're after is Him, making Him known. Amen? Well, George mentioned earlier, about the uh, 21 days of prayer, and I just want to reiterate what he said. I want to I want to challenge every person in this room, uh, especially if you're connected to Grow Church, that you pick up one of these before you leave today. There's tons of them on the back tables there, even some at guest services that you can pick up. But this will this will guide you through the process of prayer and fasting. And you know, George mentioned how important fasting is. Some of you may have never done that before, and it may be challenging for you. But listen, it's not so much about what you do, it's about the fact that you're willing to do it, and God's, God sees your heart, amen? So you may just say, you know what, Pastor, all I can do is maybe one meal uh, a week or one meal a day, whatever it is. That's great because it's going to connect you to God, right? And I, I heard Jensen Franklin, one of the uh, uh, a well-known pastors, say this this week. Fasting doesn't give you more of God. He gets more of you. That's really what fasting is. He wants you. Right? He wants all of you, right? And so this, this whole idea of fasting, you can fast a meal, you can fast, um, you can do a Daniel fast. A Daniel fast is basically you, do, you don't eat meat, or you don't eat any sweets or processed food. It's basically fruits and vegetables, water, those kind of things for 21 days. You can do a total fast, whatever it is, but listen, just listen to what God says, okay? And obey Him and do that, all right? You all with me? I want to mention, too, that, that um, during this, this prayer and fasting, we're going to have the church open. Um, every single day, um, except for Sunday, obviously, we'll be here worshiping together, but Monday through Saturday. So in your guide, there's a, a schedule of when the church will be open for prayer. I think it's Monday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings will be open at 6 a.m. I'm going to lead those prayers, and then Tuesday and Thursday we'll be doing the evenings. So um, make sure you take note of that in here, and you'll know exactly when to show up for prayer. But I believe, how many of you believe corporate prayer is important? It's powerful. And so we're going to do that. We take that very seriously. So grab one of those as you're um, leaving today, and we'll, we'll, let's just do this and pray together. But we, we're in a series uh, start, we started last week called It's Time. And so last week we, we mentioned the idea and how important it is that you have an a intimate relationship with Christ. And we, we talked about how that it's real simple. You know, sometimes we make things complicated, don't we? It's real simple to have a, an intimate relationship with God. There's three ways, prayer. It's conversation with God, um, reading your, the Bible, worshiping together, not just, you know, personally, but here in a, in a corporate worship setting. There's power in, in when God's people get together and lift up the name of Jesus. Amen? I hope you felt that today. And so those are ways that you can connect with God. And that's, it's important that this relationship, this way, the vertical relationship, is healthy and growing. And as I mentioned last week, at the end of the message, when, you, when this one is working, guess what happens? The, the vertical one's work causes the horizontal relationships to work. And so what I want to do is today, I want us to focus in on 
the, the horizontal relationships because here's what I believe. I believe God wants us to grow in intimacy with God, but I also want, believe he wants us to grow in intimacy with each other. Can I get an amen? And so the, 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 the great thing about this is Jesus made it very plain what he wanted. Now, how many of you know that, that in the Old Testament, maybe some of you have been around church, you know that in the Old Testament um, there were 600 laws. Now, when I think about 600 laws, my smoke starts coming out of my ears, right? I can't memorize that many, much less obey them. Can I get an amen? And so Jesus was asked one day, as he was teaching, he was asked, Hey, uh, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment in Scripture? You know what he did? He simplified it down for all of us, all of us who have a hard time. Anybody have a hard time sometimes? I'll be the first to raise my hand. So what does, he, what does he do? He says, look, I'll sum all this up for you. All those 600 laws, I'll sum it up for you. You know what it is. Let's read it together. Matthew 22, it says, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. That sounds like all in to me, don't it, you? You're all in to a relationship with Christ. Then the second part, he says, this is the first and greatest commandment. And second is equally important. What does he say? Love your neighbor as yourself. So he puts a high value on this, but he also puts a high value on this. Can I get an amen? And so what he did was he said, I'm going to simplify this thing for you. If you'll just love God, everything's going to be okay because you're going to walk in obedience to me. If you'll love people, you'll treat them right. You won't be committing adultery and lying on people, right? And so what he did was, let me just sum up all these, these rules and regulations into just loving God and loving people. That's easier for me, isn't it, you? Is, anybody, is that easy for you? And so what I want to talk about today is, is we've already talked about this aspect. Let's talk about this aspect. And so we know it's important to God. He values it because we just read it. Love, the, love your neighbor as yourself. And so let's take a look at this idea of, Hold on a second. You know how technology is. I don't know why my iPad locks me out. <laughs> okay. So think about the New Testament church. So, you know, if you, if, you read, if, you read, if you read the Bible, you know in the book of Acts, there's a significant event that happens in the second chapter of Acts. Anybody know what that is? Anybody know? If you know, raise your hand. Second chapter of Acts. Okay. So Jesus, when he left, he said, I'm going to go away, and I'm going to send a comforter, a person, the Holy Spirit, to fill you so that he'll walk with you the rest of your days to help you live out your faith. And so on the day of Pentecost, which we call the day of Pentecost, and all, all Pentecost was was a Jewish festival where they celebrated a harvest. And so Jesus said, I'm going to pour out my spirit on the church that day. And so 120 of his disciples, after his ascension, they gathered together in this room called the upper room, and they began to pray. And the promise coming of the Holy Spirit happened that day. 120 of those people were filled. The Bible says they were filled with the Spirit and began to speak with tongues as like a fire. And you know what? They didn't just leave that church service and not make an impact. You know what happened? They left that room and began to make an impact. And the Bible says that it, go read it. It says, every single day, they added to the church those who were being saved. So there was an impact of the Holy Spirit on their lives. Can I get an amen? And what it did it was it, it empowered them to share the gospel, to make an impact. 
So I got to thinking about that, and, and I really believe that that's a, a model for us as believers, as a church. First of all, the, the dynamic there is the Spirit of God. You need the Spirit of God working in your life, don't you? He's the one who empowers you. And so that's the one key thing that we need to understand. If we're talking about this idea of growing in intimacy with each other, we look at the New Testament as a model. So go with me to Acts uh, chapter 2, verse 44. Look what it says here. It says, all the believers continue together in what? Arms length fellowship? Acquaintance fellowship? What did it say? Close fellowship. And shared their belongings with one another. So the impact that happened on that day of Pentecost, it was so impactful that the New Testament church began to do life together. Right? Now they experienced the Spirit of God together, but there was something else that happened. They began to experience everyday life. You, you realize they still had to work. They still had to earn a living. They still had to eat. And so what happened is they began to share together when somebody went through a trial or had a need. What did they do? They would meet the need. So they began to share not just the spiritual aspect, but life itself. The trials, the suffering, all those things they shared together. And the thing that they had in common the most was they needed the grace of God. Amen. Every person in this room, you need the mercy and the grace of God. How many of you have already experienced that? Let me see your hand. Are you glad for it this morning? And so you understand that if a church is going to be uh, walking fellowship or intimacy, you got to have something in common. And we do. We all have the same thing in common. God wants us to live out the great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. He wants you all in in a relationship with Him. But He also wants you all in on relationships with each other. So that's the common thing. The other part is, he gave us something to do as, as a church. He didn't say, okay, guys, I want you all to gather every Sunday and have a good time worshiping, lifting your hands, singing the songs, and just stay put. No, what did he say? He said, go. He said, go into all the world and make disciples. That's our marching orders. And so here's what we have in common. We have a relationship with God in common. We have a relationship with each other in common, but we also have a common purpose. Every person in this room who names the name of Christ, you have a responsibility to make a disciple. Amen. So that's, that's the commonality of what we're seeing. So we're seeing this take shape as we share fellowship together. It was all Holy Spirit empowered. And I began to ask myself the question, so if we look back at the book of Acts and see how the church was functioning, they were, they were people getting saved every day. What's different about today? Why is it different today? Because I've been pastoring this church for seven years, and in that time I've heard so many people say, well, I just can't, I just can't get connected. I go to that church, and I just can't connect with anybody. And I'm, I'm scratching my head. I'm like, okay, why? Why can't you connect? Is there a reason? Well, I came up with a few, and maybe you can help me. Why, what is it that keeps people from connecting to a church? Maybe it's past hurts. Anybody ever been hurt in church before? I've been there. Maybe it's because, you know, little, little Susie has basketball, and she's got gymnastics, and she plays the violin, and so I've got to have her to all those things. Nothing wrong with them. 
But if you've got her doing too much, maybe you're too busy to get connected to a church. Maybe little Susie just needs to do one thing. You follow me? Because I would dare say if you're too busy to connect to a church, you're too busy. I'm not telling you to do all those things. Yeah, it's great for your kids to be in that kind of stuff. But sometimes little Susie takes precedence over church. She's got a softball tournament on Sunday, and we go, we're all day on Sunday at the softball field instead of right here. Anybody's toes going in? But so if we ask ourselves the question, uh, why? Or, you know, what is it that keeps us? If it, maybe it's church hurt. Maybe we've got walls up. Maybe we're too busy. Or maybe we're just shy. Anybody shy? So what I want to do is I want to try to help eliminate excuses. I'm, a limit, I'm an excuse eliminator, okay? Y'all with me today? And so I hope you still love me when this is over. Because I want to eliminate the excuses. Because here's what I want to say. I know. I get it. You don't do what you don't value. So if I can't help you see the value in coming to church and being connected to church, you won't do it. Is that right? Am I on the right track or not? And so what we have to do is we place a value on it. Do we value coming to church? Do we value getting a group? Do we value serving together? We should, yeah, we should. Because God's given us a common purpose. And he's called us to fellowship with each other. This iPad is killing me today. So I want to I just, let's keep moving forward in this, okay? So one of the, the things that we here at Grow Church, we want to be very intentional in helping you take a step toward God, okay? You saw one of them today when we baptized. So if you come to faith in Christ, your next step is baptism. Why is that? Because baptism tells the world, hey, look, Christ has done an awesome work in my heart. I want the world to know that I belong to him. And so we want to help you take that step. That's one way of belonging and getting connected to, to the body of Christ. The other thing is I've mentioned is the, is the getting connected to the, the mission and vision of this church, which you see those four words, love God, love, teach, serve, reach. All four of those are centered around the great commandment and the great commission, what we're supposed to do. And so I got to looking at the scriptures. Uh, go with me to Hebrews chapter 10. And I want you to look at this. Here's what, well, the writer, some people think it was Paul, but no, not really everybody knows. But look at this. Here's what the writer says. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. So look at that for a second. Let us think of ways. So here's the thing. Whose responsibility is it to think of ways to motivate? Does it say, let the pastor? Am I, am I missing something? What does it say? It says us. So I want you to point yourself and say, I'm an us. So I made up a new word. We're uses. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're an us. So if the responsibility is on the believers, those who follow Jesus, to think of ways to motivate to acts of love and good works, then that really, again, points us back. So the first thing is acts of love, the great commandment, right? 
Grow in intimacy with God and grow in intimacy with each other. Then it says, and good works. You know why? Because God has something for the kingdom of God, the church, to do on the planet. And what he wants us to do, he wants us to lock arms and make sure that purpose is fulfilled. And it starts with relationship. Look what he says in verse 25. He says, and let us not, what does the word neglect mean? You're definitely not placing a high priority on it, right? And it says, don't neglect meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another. Here's this accountability, this thing growing in intimacy with each other. Encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Now listen, if you don't realize that Christ's return is soon, you're not watching the news, folks. I mean, we're this close to a war with Iran. Folks, you realize Iran's in the Middle East. The central figure of all prophecy in the scriptures, if you go read it, book of Daniel, book of Revelation, you'll see that the central focus of, of the end times is the Middle East. And so what is he saying? He said, look, instead of, of going to church less and connecting with people less, no, you need to reverse that and do it more. Why? Because I'm coming back. And we've got, a, we've got a purpose to fulfill. We've got something that God wants us to do. He wants us to love, teach, serve, and reach. Amen? And so what he's challenging us to is not out of obligation, not because your pastor's up here telling you got to. No, I love God and I love people. Therefore, my motivation is I'm going to tell as many people as I can and take them to heaven with me when I die. Amen? That's the fulfillment of the great commandment and the great commission. And that's why we're here, folks. That's why Grow Church exists. So we see the importance, the proactivity of that, those, those verses. That it's not up to just one, it's up to us all to do it. And so we, we actually, we said we, we like to help people take next steps. I've already talked about baptism. Let me say one more thing about this. If you are a part of a group, a group. So we, here at, Grow, at uh, Grow Church, we have what we call Grow Groups. And it's an opportunity for you to connect with people and to have a common purpose in mind, right? Now, I've heard people say, well, I, I don't know about that whole group thing. You know, you, you might get to a place where people start being in cliques. Is that a, is that a potential pop problem? Absolutely it is. But if we keep our hearts in the right place and we keep our eyes on why, that can't happen. Because what happens is if I'm walking in love, I'm always open. There's always somebody new that I can add to my circle, right? And why not add to your circle? Because it gives you an opportunity to have more awesome relationships. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll take that risk of cliques forming to have groups because we believe in them that much. And I, I've heard people say, well, I, again, I can't connect because, well, here's the reality. You're not going to, in a church this size, we're nowhere, we're nowhere, near, nowhere as big as some of the other churches in town. And even in a church this size, you're not going to be able to get to know everybody in, the, in this room. It's humanly impossible. So why not find the people that have things in common with you, and y'all go do life together, amen? And then we'll come in here as a corporate body, all one, and we'll worship together. Y'all follow me? But it's a necessity. It's something that, that, that Christ is wanting us to do is connect in fellowship with each other. And so here's what I want to do. I want to talk to you about four levels of fellowship or four levels of intimacy. Why do I want to talk about that? 
Here's the reason I want to talk about that, because I got a question for you. What kind of relationships do you long for? Think about that for a second. Are you okay with just all of your, your relationships being surface level and acquaintances? Is anybody okay with that? Anybody okay with that? Let me see your hand. If you're okay with it, let me see your hand. So nobody in this room are okay with all of Now listen, all of your relationships don't have to be deep level, okay? But you'd need this close fellowship with a group of people. So fellowship is really the answer to loneliness. In our culture today, I think we, we, we're around some of the most lonely people in the world. Even in the middle of crowds, people are lonely, right? They're longing for relationship. And what we want to be here at Grow Church is this church be a laboratory to grow in love. What do you do in laboratories? Experiment. Right? Yeah, you could grow something. You can get a Petri dish and you can, you know, so things can grow. You experiment. And you're trying to find out the best way to do something, right? What happens when you mess up? Oh, well, experiment's over. No, 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 what do you do? You keep pressing until you find the right mix, the right compound, whatever it is, whatever your, your experiment is, what are you doing? You're, you are committed to the cause. You're committed to an outcome. Is that right? And so the church is a laboratory for love. It's a laboratory for fellowship. Are we going to always get it right? No, we're not. But it's okay. Why? Because we are experiencing this thing together. I always hear, you've heard people say too, well, them churches are nothing but a bunch of hypocrites. Anybody ever heard it? Maybe you said it. Well, folks, isn't that what it's supposed to be? We're a group, we're a, we're a church full of broken people. I don't, listen, folks, I'm your pastor. I don't always get it right. Amen. And so here's the reality. When you say that, it's an excuse. Because you're, I'm, I'm here to tell you, you're not going to find the perfect church. So you might as well say, you know what? This is my church. And like a covenant in marriage and all that, I, I'm going to stick into it. Amen. Thick or thin. I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. So let's talk about the four levels. The first level is we call the fellowship of sharing together. This is where you, you know, you get to know somebody. Okay, let's go eat like today after the service is over. Hey, y'all, let's go, let's go have lunch together. What are you going to do around the lunch table? You're going to have a conversation. You're going to get to know each other. What's going to happen? The more you do that, the more deep the, the relationship can go. That's surface level, but it's a start, right? And so if you're committed to that, then you're going to have some face-to-face -face time. Not FaceTime, face-to-face time. You understand? And so fellowship requires, this, this level of fellowship requires an investment of your time. you got to say, you know what, I value this, this relationship, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go hang out with this, these people or, the, or this person. So that first level is basically you're sharing together. You're having a conversation, and it's a commitment of time. And what happens is you build healthy friendships. Think about this for a second. How many of you are married? If you and your spouse never talk or have a conversation, what happens to the marriage? Gone. Amen? Same is true for your friendships. 
You gotta have. You gotta make investment in t- of time in those relationships. And when you do that, you get to grow in friendship. So the first one, if you think about that, it's a fellowship of sharing. It's a, it's a way to start and deepen your relationships because you have spent time with them. The second one is belonging, the fellowship of belonging. This is a deeper level. And what we want to encourage people to do here at Grow Church is to go deeper. Amen? So here's what Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 says. If they'll put that up there for me. Ephesians 2, 19. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with what? All God's holy people. You are members of God's family. In other words, you belong. We've got some signs out there. Welcome to the family. It's true. The moment you confess Christ, you're part of the family of God. Isn't that great? You belong. And so this next level of intimacy, this next level of fellowship is all about belonging. Here's what Romans 12, 5 says. Look at the key word there. In Christ. In Christ. Fellowship with Christ. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. What a great analogy, right? So all of us have a body, right? So everything's connected in your body, right? You, ever, you remember that song? Leg bones connected to the... Hmm. Anybody know that one? It's true. So what a beautiful analogy of the body of Christ to say we're like the human body. Everybody's connected. And you serve a purpose. There's something God's called you to do. And so to belong to the family of God means you're going to have a, there's, there's going to be a something individual that God wants you to do for the kingdom, to serve the body. The trouble is some of us say, well, you know, I, I'm not that important. I'm just a toe. Anybody ever tried to walk without a toe? It's going to be kind of challenging, right? So it doesn't matter what it is God called you to do. He's connected you to the body for a purpose. What's the purpose? To keep the thing alive. Right? What's the purpose of your body? Life. To live. The purpose for Christ's body, to live, to be alive, fully alive in Jesus. Amen. So this level of intimacy is a commitment. It's more than just surface level. It's being committed to your church. It's being committed to a group. It's being committed to a ministry. It's, a, it's, the, it's like the difference between an attender and a, and a, I said pretender. No, did I say attender or pretender? Which one did I say? Versus a member. What's the difference? An attender, oh yeah, they'll come to church. You may see them every six weeks, but they're just attending. As opposed to a member who says, I'm all in. This is my church. So it's a commitment. Secondly, it's a difference between being a spectator and a participator. Anybody like, anybody like sports? When you go to a when you go to a, a ball game, and you're in the stands, you're a spectator. Now you might be able to impact the in, the outcome of that game a little bit if it's like you're in a big stadium and all of you are shouting at the same time, you know, 
so, so loud the other team has a hard time hearing and messes them up. That was weird. That was an ESPN thing. Oh, my God. Jesus. So you're, you, maybe you have a minimal impact on the outcome of the game. The way to really have an impact on the game, how's that? Suit up. Put on that uniform. That's really how you impact the outcome of the game, is getting involved in the game. So this next level of intimacy, belonging, is all about a commitment. A commitment to Christ and His body. The third level of commitment is serving together. Now, here at Grow Church, I told you we like to help people take next steps. So we've already talked about salvation. That's becoming a friend of God. We talked about baptism, which that's a public declaration of what Christ has already done. And so when you belong and you're, you're saying, I'm a member here, growth track is how you kind of make that known. You heard George talk about it earlier. That's our way we help you discover the vision and mission of our church. But it's more about, hey, I've got a gift that I want to use to serve the body of Christ. Hey, we want to help you. We're intentional about helping you discover that gift and begin to use it. That's why Growth Track is so important. Because we want to help you. So this idea of belonging is serving together. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. For we are what? Partners working together for who? For God. This gives even more context and clarity to why you're here. Now, I love the word partner. Why, why, what's a partner? Anybody know what, what the meaning of a partner is? Somebody you share a common interest with, right? If you, if you were a part of a law firm and you made it to partner, it's a big deal, isn't it? If I'm, if I'm a, a part of a partner as a, as a, in a law firm, guess what? I'm in the inner circle. I, I've made it. And we're, we're locking arms together to get something done. This law firm is going to succeed because we're all working together for a common purpose. So when you partner with God and his kids and his church, what's the outcome? Success. We fulfill the mission that God's called us to. And so... That's what he's talking about, that we're partnering together with God and for God, right? So anybody ever been in the military? Anybody, if, you, if you've been in the military, let me see your hand. Can we give them a huge thanks right now, real quick? Thank you for your service. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. A huge thank you. But those of you that have been in the military, you understand this, this idea of serving together. Because here it is. It ain't just, okay, well, we're going to go do something. No, this is life or death. This person serving beside me may be the reason I, I stay alive. And so when they lock arms together and they say, we got one common purpose, and that's to take out the enemy and to win this war, we're going to do it together. And he may be, he's got my back and I got his. What happens? There's a bond that happens because it's life or death. You realize what we're doing here as a church is life or death? I'm talking about spiritual life or death, amen? And so what happens when we lock arms together? There's a bond together when we serve together, amen? There's a level of intimacy, of fellowship that comes because we've said, I'm, I belong, I'm in Christ, I belong to His body, and now I'm going to use what, I, what God's given me, my gifts, my talents to serve, and we're going to lock arms, and we're going we're to develop a close-knit fellowship together. 
Here's what the scripture says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. He makes the whole body fit together. How? Now, who's the he? Jesus. The scripture says he's the, he's the head, right? In other words, he's the brains of the operation. Aren't you glad for that? Aren't you glad your pastor's not the brains of the operation? He's the brains. And what does he do? He causes the whole body, legs, arms, feet, brain, to fit together perfectly. Why? Because he's perfect. As each part, here it is, does its own special work. You know what this does? This, this, this zeroes it in real closely. There's something that only you can do in the body. And God's saying you have a special work. And when you connect to the body and you're a member and you, you say, I'm going to serve alongside everybody in the body, then you get to do your own special work. And here's what happens. There's always an outcome, isn't there? What's the outcome? It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Now, do you see the great commandment in there anywhere? What's the outcome of you discovering your own special gifting in the body of Christ and using it to serve a healthy church that's not only growing. Now, we're not, I'm not ta- we're, when we say grow, we're not always talking about more people. We're talking about an inner growth, a spiritual maturity that happens when you grow in Christ, right? Now, I think that leads to more people because when something happens in my life that's good and God changes me and transforms me, guess what? I can't help but tell people. Come to church with me. Experience what God's doing in my life. He can do it for you. Amen? And so when we, when we say God has a special work for me to do, I have unique gifts and talents that I'm going to contribute to the body. I'm going to serve together, locking arms with everybody else in the church. What's the outcome? A, a church that's healthy and growing. When I experience full life in Christ, personally, it bleeds over into the church as a whole. Are you glad for that this morning? So that's the third level of intimacy. Here's the last one. The fellowship of suffering. Anybody ever had a painful experience in life? Anybody ever suffered? Went through a trial? Lost something valuable? Came close to death? Had maybe financial bankruptcy? There's a lot of them, right? Now, I, I get it. In our country, there, there's suffering, no doubt, but really not as, as bad as in other places, right? I mean, you go to Pakistan or you go to some of those places over in, over in the Middle East that are, that are mainly you know, Muslim, and you, talk, you tell them you're a Christian, you better be ready to die for your faith, right? And so we, don't, we experience suffering, but not at the level of some people in the world. Now, I get it. It's real to you when it happens to you. So I'm not discounting suffering here in this country. But you understand the level of suffering that we face is not not the level of some others. Okay? But we do. We do. A death of a loved one. You know, the the financial, whatever it is. We we suffer together. And so what happens is when when we're connected to the body of Christ, when one hurts, what happens? The whole body hurts. If I stub my toe, guess what? It hurts all over. Anybody ever had the flu? 
Your whole body hurts. You know, there are places you hurt you didn't even know you had. So when the body of Christ, when somebody in the body hurts, you should hurt too. And if you're connected to a body of, of believers, they can share in that suffering with you. They can walk with you through the pain. That's the beauty of our grow groups. Look at uh, Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. What does it say? Share each other's, and in this way obey the, what is the law of Christ? The great commandment. Love God, love people. And so when you share the burdens of the people in this body and that are close to you, guess what you're doing? You're practically living out the great commandment. And in the context of groups, this is a perfect way to do that. I got a story for you. I was as I was listening, I, I was I heard a testimony, ran across a testimony of a lady who was connected to a church, and she was heavily involved in a small group, in a grow group. And one day she was exercising. She was doing some big, had a personal trainer. She was exercising, and in the middle of that exercise, she had an aneurysm. Dropped to the floor in a coma. Spent five weeks in a coma. During that whole five weeks, her small group ministered to her family. They would, they would fix meals for them. They would even go to the hospital and sit by her side and pray for her through all that time. The neat thing is, God is still healer, amen? She woke up out of that coma. Praise God. And understood and realized that those people connected to her in that group were suffering along with her. They were sharing the burden of her experience. And you know what? Even after she got, she started recovering, some of the ladies in the group would take her to doctor's appointments because she still couldn't drive. Why? Because they were committed to each other to suffer together, folks. And when you do, there's a bond created there that you can't sever. Amen. The people that, that surround you and encourage you and pray for you, man, you're committed to them, right? So if you want a, a deeper level of intimacy in your friendships, get connected to these things. Get a part of a grow group. I've got a couple of testimonies here from our actual grow groups. These are I asked uh, our leader, Josh, to give me some to talk to some people who have been experiencing groups. And here's what some of them said. These are actual quotes from the people who've been a part. Groups have, been, have given me lifelong friends and extended family that I can count on. Isn't that great? No matter what is going on any time of day or night, they are, they are there. My goodness. Apple Watch series trying to talk to me. Groups have helped me gain knowledge of God and given me the courage to really step into faith. Here's another one. I have realized that others have the same daily struggles that I have. Folks, we're in this together. And God wants the body of Christ doing life together. He wants us to experience it the same way that the New Testament church did. Where we're 
meeting each other's needs. We're sharing each other's burdens. We're praying for each other. We're studying God's word together. We're living life. We're doing life together. That's what he wants for his body. And folks, I'm committed to that as a pastor here. So as we're closing this up, there are four key words that I want you to remember from these four levels of intimacy. Number one is friendship. The sharing together. And so here's the question I ask along with that. Have you accepted Christ as your Savior? Have you experienced friendship with God? Here's the second one, the key word, membership. This is belonging together. And so I ask these questions. Have you been baptized? If you're a follower of Jesus, you need to be baptized. You need to take that step because you're declaring to the world that you're saved. Here's the second question along, alongside that. Have you taken growth track? That's our membership class here at Grow Church. Here's the third one, partnership. We're locking arms together with the body of Christ to serve His body together. So the question is, have you found a place to serve? And there's so many opportunities here. You, know, you, may, have, you may be gifted to, to greet people and make people feel welcome. Get, jump into our connections team. Maybe you're a great singer or a musician. Man, get up here and, and let's worship God using your gift and talent. You may love kids and you want to see the next generation flourish. Jump into our nursery or our kids' church or our student ministry. So many opportunities for you to serve together. Here's the thing. Here's the beauty of that. When you serve together, you begin to see things that you didn't see before. Because we all have blind spots, right? You may know we have blind spots. Good or bad. And so there's... There's this opportunity for you as you're serving along somebody and somebody says, you know what, I see that gifting in you and you never realized you had it before. Well, it never would have been discovered had you not plugged in and got started serving together. You see the value in that. And here's the last one. Kinship. Suffering together. Have you found a place to, in a group to walk through trials and just do life with each other we have our our group launch in about three weeks three weeks from today and look we we encourage being a part of a group and it doesn't have to always be bible studies look if you if you like to sew or, or crochet get a bunch of ladies together and sew and crochet and and grow together in faith amen Maybe you guys like to ride motorcycles. Anybody like to ride motorcycles? Put a group together. You guys go riding, share scripture together on a stop or you're overlooking, you know, whatever you're doing and grow together. This is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about doing life together. Suffering and growing together. Here's what I'm going to leave you with. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. They'll put that up there for me. Galatians 3.26. Do they have that? I think they do. What does it say? For you all are God's, are children of God through what? Through faith in Christ. Your faith produces the intimacy with Him and with each other. Would you stand this morning? I pray this message has challenged you. Those questions that I just asked. I want you to go home and think about those and, and let's put this thing in practice. Let's be the body of Christ that God has is, is really purposed for us to be. But the first thing I want to do before we pray is with every, about, every head bow, every eye closed, I want to offer an opportunity for some people in this room 
to come into fellowship with God. See, the problem is that the Scripture tells us very clearly that we, we've sinned against God, and that's, that's a problem. The Bible says we're enemies of God, but it doesn't have to stay that way. Because what Christ did at the cross, you and I can enter into a close fellowship with Him. And when we do that, we're no longer an enemy of God, but we're a friend of God. And all it takes is, the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Christ was raised from the dead, you'll be saved. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray a prayer. And those of you that are praying this for the first time, I want you to pray this with me. And even if, even if, you've, not, if you've prayed it before, pray it again. I don't know. I don't care. Let's just pray this together and let's see. Let's watch God do something. Pray with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I acknowledge I'm a sinner. And I'm asking you today to forgive me, to bring me into the family of God. I want to belong. And so right now, Lord, I know that you can cleanse me by your blood. And I receive that forgiveness. Be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you pray. Thank you for tuning in to our online broadcast here at Grove Church. We hope that you've heard something today that will strengthen and encourage you throughout the week. Make sure you tune in next week for our next broadcast. God bless.